ching. <laughs> what up, wise guys? This is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, and best friend, Derek. And you're listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time traveling twist. Ashley, where are we? When are we? What are we doing here? We went to the future. No, we are in the past. <laughs> um, in 1990, in September, and we just watched a gangster flick. Yes. So pretty much the biggest news this week is that um, on September 19th, 1990, two days ago from our present day here today, Martin Scorsese had a new movie premiere, Goodfellas, starring Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Ray Liotta. So what better thing for us to do to explore the radical new time period we're in than to go to the movies? So y'all ready for this? (laughs) I can't even do the tune for it. I wanted to. (laughs) But yes. Okay. Well, oh yeah, and it's like basketballs and y'all ready for this? Okay, that's They were good fellas who lived for the action. Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci. Now, from highly acclaimed director Martin Scorsese comes the action saga of three decades of life in the mafia. What am I supposed to do? Shoot him? That wouldn't be a bad idea. Goodfellas, rated R, now playing at a theater near you. Check newspapers for listings. Ooh. Yeah. Um, before we jump right into the movie, welcome back, Derek. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Where'd you it's go? Be back. That's for me to know and our <laughs> listeners to find out on Instagram. Check us Perfect. out at yeah, New Release Podcast <laughs> on Instagram. Nice. A new drinking game every time we plug the Instagram. Every time we get a follower, we will drink a shot of tequila. Favorite. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Or Fireball. So, yeah, Derek's protest over Chuck Norris versus Van Dam has ended, and he's rejoined the crew. Ashley, Derek, I mean, the only logical place to start our discussion is the fact that y'all hadn't seen this movie before, correct? Nope. Not at all. I had seen parts okay. of it oh. at, at our friend Oliver's house, but, but not like a movie not the you watched thing. a bunch of times and no, yeah. heard it, heard of, heard about it a bunch of times throughout my life. But no, of course, never seen the whole thing. Yeah. Well, what was your initial impression? I mean, how much hype did you have going in, and how you know how much did it live up to the hype? The no, name recognition, no hype at all going in. Uh, well, just I, like I actually heard about it for years that I okay. had seen some of it, uh, yeah. but no, it was amazing. I loved it. Wow. Great, great editing, great acting. Uh, I like the story. Yeah, it was it was a well put together film and you could definitely tell there was a Scorsese uh, artistic film around the entire film. If that makes yeah. sense. Ashley, as someone who has wanted to be a gangster for as long as they can remember. Did this movie, (laughs) yeah, did this movie scratch that itch for you? Yeah. So I actually over, like, I didn't overhype it. I hyped it up pretty high because it's, it's, I always want to say Scorsese, Scorsese, right? Scorsese, Scorsese. Scorsese, Yeah. I'll just call him Scorey. So (laughs) Marty. Marty. Oh, yeah. I like that. I call him Marty. Um, So I went into it being like, this movie has got to be really good. It's got to be the best movie. And I came out of being like, this is a really good movie. I totally get it. Yeah. So nice. It was really, and I planned on, going to the theaters twice and watching it in two parts because um, mm-hmm. it's so long. <laughs> but I ended up sitting through the whole thing. That's so. a very economical way to, to see movies. This is a long time to sit through a movie. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, what we want to bring on this podcast and in general is, you know, I'm a movie, a bit of a movie snob, a bit of a movie um, expert. Um, and Ashley and Derek are movie enthusiasts. And Ashley and I, of course, have a shared past of growing up together. <laughs> but I just think it's really important like, to note, like, we're not um, uh, gangster movie experts. We're not, no. you know, Scorsese experts. We're just kind of, I mean, I think like, it's really interesting seeing this movie, this like one of the greatest movies of all time probably like one of the two best gangster movies of all time if, mm-hmm. if you want to argue one over the other 
Um, and so like, I'm just excited for y'all having <laughs> seen it for the first Thanks. time, but like, also I, I would totally understand for me having seen it, you know, like a handful of times, it's not a movie in a movie genre that I like feel like I need to watch constantly. I know this is like some people's favorite genre. Um, so when I was rewatching it this time, I was genuinely like a little nervous that, you know, I mean, I couldn't read y'all's reaction in the theater that well. So I was a little nervous that maybe it wasn't like going to land as well. Like if we had watched this in the present day and not had the crowd excitement and, mm -hmm. you know, the, um, the 1990s energy pulsing through us, um, I worried it, it might not have, have resonated as much, but yeah, I, it was incredible. <laughs> was so yeah. Good. What about, I mean, like, so Derek, Derek touched on some of the Scorseseisms, uh, like the editing and the voiceover and kind of the way, like some of the stylized action is done. There's the dialogue where you're just like immersed in this, this group of, of people that you wouldn't get to hang out with <laughs> otherwise. Like mm -hmm. how did all that work for you, Ashley? Well, I love the character development. So obviously it's based off a book called, I think it's called wise guys. Um, yep. And it tells the story of Henry Hill. And it's just a really interesting story. Like, and I love any type of movie where you start, they start off as a kid and they grow up throughout the movie. Yeah. And you see like the very beginning of like, oh, I'm kind of interested in like this lifestyle. And then he becomes like immersed in the lifestyle. And then it takes off into like a bad, a lot of bad routes. But um, I just like love, I just, it was just so good. It ended and I was like, oh, like I was kind of like, I could be, I could watch more of this. And after two and a half hours or whatever yeah. the runtime was, <laughs> I'm surprised I felt that way. Well, why don't you watch the Irishman? Um, that's no, 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 that's okay. Yeah. And it's the same, I mean, it's the same basic storyline um, in De Niro. <laughs> so the movie opens with kind of like, what's Ooh. a little bit of a cliche. Um, you know, lots of things in this movie feel like cliches because they've been, they've been copied dozens and dozens of times, but mm -hmm. it opens kind of with, um, uh, Ray Liotta, De Niro, and um, is it Pesci's character in the mm -hmm. car? Yeah. Yep. So they're like in the car, and then there's um, noises coming from the trunk. They like think they might have a flat tire or something, and they pull over and realize like the person they whacked was still Not alive, <laughs> which is like fucked up, but also pretty funny. Well, yeah. and they um, fucked this. They fucked him up too. Like, yeah. How is yeah, this he, person Pesci still had alive? like a mach and then Pesci had like a machete, and like that's all. He I was like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like that's that's the opening opening of the movie. So you know, like, and so and they they show them brutally like re murdering them, um, stabbing yeah, stabbing him with the with the knife in the trunk, um, and then it cuts to what you were describing the like fun origin story of mm -hmm. Henry Hill. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you're in the you're thrown right into like the, the dire consequences of this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, but then you quickly kind of get caught up in the excitement. I mean, I think the other thing that is really interesting to analyze about this movie and, and people have debated about Scorsese's movies forever and any kind of anti-hero Sopranos style movie for a long time is how are you supposed to feel about the hero, the, the quote hero of the movie. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll just stop there. How, how do you feel <laughs> about Henry Hill, Ashley? Well, I start off really liking him and then yeah. you start to hate him, but still kind of like him at times. It's really confusing considering the two guys he runs with are like more evil than he is. You kind of are like, okay, well, we got in the wrong crowd and he's like the mastermind, but he's not actually like killing people. He's just like helping. So then I don't feel as guilty, which is terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to make uh, you feel conflicted for sure. I mean, yeah. you're not supposed to want to uh, grow up like him. Um, mm -hmm. That's why the, I think that's why the opening line of the movie, aside from the, the car scene uh, is like, for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to grow up to be a gangster. It's not. Yeah. As far back as I can remember. Yeah. yeah. That's not a healthy attitude right <laughs> but then they make it seem super cool mm -hmm. um and they describe how cool like all the perks he's getting all the the respect he's getting kids are like walking his mom you know carrying the groceries home for his mom from school <laughs> yeah when he's like 13 um, yeah so i think and and also 
while he's a kid, for sure, at that in those early teen years or mid teen years, his actions are forgivable, redeemable. You know, yeah. he hasn't. He's got, like you said, caught up in the wrong crowd to the most extreme degree. Right. Intoxicated by the lifestyle. But at what point, you know, should he have wised up? And, I mean, I mean probably. He, he couldn't get out, though. I mean, it was it was no. Yeah. He, once you're in, you're in essentially yeah. until you get whacked. That's basically the philosophy, it seems like. But when that guy showed up on the doorstep of the restaurant he worked at and it was like had like a gunshot wound. And you use like napkins to clean them up. And the guy's like, why are you wasting nine of my napkins? And like, that's when it's like, okay, all right. Like, oh, like that sort of (laughs) moment. He's like, let's move my family away from here. But he was just too in it. And it's hard to like overlook all like the benefit, all the perks for like, okay, there's some blood every once in a while, but look at all this respect I'm getting, you know, especially as a kid. Yeah. And then, and then you see, um, kind of the perspective of his eventual wife. Um, is her name mm-hmm. Karen? Oh, uh, I don't remember. Um, yeah. So you see her perspective and you see like, you know, how she gets caught up in, um, yeah, Karen Hill, uh, gets caught up in the lifestyle. He like, I don't know. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he takes her out, not on the first date, because that's a, a, a blind date where he just ignores her the whole time. Cause yeah, he's his- excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but when he takes her to the the restaurant, like their restaurant that uh, all the mob, all the mobsters go to, they show this is like a, a classic Scorsese one shot where they're walking um, through like they go under underground. They go like th- they he knows everybody that they pass. He slips them money. He um, they walk through the kitchen. It's like she's just it's getting the, cool. like immersed in this um, this scene and swept like literally swept up in it and then when they like uh, arrive in the actual dining room um people like carry a table to the front of the restaurant where the stage is and like set up a table with a lamp and everything yeah. like for them <laughs> as on arrival and she's just like i know i shouldn't be and there's a different part where she's like i know i shouldn't be condoning this but i I, i'm she can't help it (laughs) yeah i can't help it so like a moth to a flame yeah i mean but like what and we don't have to cover like the whole uh plot of the movie yet Mm -hmm. but by the end of the movie um henry is like the the one cardinal rule is don't don't say anything don't rat on your friends don't talk um and that's exactly what he does by the, by the yeah. end of the movie. Once they've like betrayed everyone he cares about, and like he realizes that there's there is loyalty, but I mean it comes with so many strings that I don't know. How did you feel about that turn by the end? I mean, did you think he should be protecting them or no? I mean, if he had no way out, so it's either he eventually gets found out by like the bosses and gets whacked, which he was waiting for that to happen, or he goes in witness protection. So I was okay with him ratting them out. I mean, they're all bad people. He's a bad person. They're all bad. So it's kind of like the, I don't know what that saying is, but it is a lesser. Of evil. two evils. Yeah, essentially. So, I mean, when he, and in real life, he ratted out like over 50, he, it led to over 50 convictions when he was on the stand, which is crazy. Yeah. Apparently when this movie came out, he like, wasn't shy Mm -hmm. about who he was wherever you know the witness protection program had him living and he started bragging or you know just like publicizing that 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 he was the dude from the movie (laughs) and so they like kicked him out because what's crazy is i guess i mean after when when does the movie leave off like 70s 80s i can't remember 80 it's like 88 or something i believe that late or eight, it might be 80. I know it's eight something. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I imagine that like at least the story of the movie, which obviously the movie came out in 1990, mm-hmm. um, like a decent amount of time has passed. Uh, and then they're like, you, you, you know, like nobody's after him, I guess, because they, once he told everyone who he was, nobody tried to kill him. Yeah. And maybe they were all in jail. So <laughs> I think they're all in jail and then they're all like super old. So they're like, well, Yeah. I think he like weathered the storm for when the they were getting the the mob was getting broken up and you know largely mm-hmm. 
due to to his cooperation (laughs) and so like by the time he everyone knew who he was they were no longer in power and no longer a threat i mean what did you think about just like the mob culture this like this like world that that we're getting uh access to i thought it was really exciting (laughs) yeah (laughs) just because obviously in comparison like i'm never going to get involved in that world but it's just really entertaining and interesting because it is like a huge family and there are certain aspects of it that are like oh like that'd be nice to have but then Mm -hmm. the other the doubt like the downside doesn't outweigh the good side so Derek Uh, where are you at on um gangster culture well the way that the voiceover was describing it we all hung out with the same people the same crowd every night nobody you know went out out of that crowd yeah, that's, that's interesting uh, because you've got your, you know, your close knit friends that you see everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. Mob life's pretty mobby, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they would do Yeah, They went on vacation together. They like it's it's interesting. These are people that like were not um, uh, privileged in society. They weren't able to have the same advantages, you know, as as you know, as immigrants, um, immigrant families, mm-hmm. they had to kind of scrape uh, and claw for everything they could get. Um, so it was it became a matter of like once they got a ton of power and a t- made a ton of connections and a ton of resources, you know, did they try to spend that in any kind of positive direction or did they just try to kind of perpetuate that power no matter what the consequences were and pull off increasingly more deadly or, you know, damaging like heists and things like that. So, I mean, once they're like robbing the uh, airplane or whatever it is for Mm -hmm. $6 million, like De Niro's character has to just kill anyone that can potentially you know tie it back to him because that's on such a scale that the consequences he doesn't want to lose that that money and that that power and that's what he does he kills everyone yeah and so he kills everyone that, that <laughs> know about it basically what um so there's the ray leto well ray ah, leota ah. character <laughs> yeah. um who's henry hill kind of the main the main character there's de niro's character who both Three minutes um, about meal kits debunked Myth number one, meal kits are. Is that what? Is that a sponsor? <laughs> meal kids, not a sponsor. Meal kids, not. We yeah. can talk all the shit we want about meal kids. Overnight <laughs> oats. Oh, but that sounds great. It's a great product. I just got a shipment yesterday and soaked some oats last night and um, drank them for breakfast this morning. So oh. I would recommend. I had um, oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. But not cold and not soggy, I bet. Yeah. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, it tasted good. So. <laughs> Ray Liotta is half Irish. Um, he can never become a made man in the mafia. And same for De Niro's character, correct? Neither of them mm-hmm. can ever be quote unquote made. Um, Joe Pesci's character, on the other hand, Tommy, who's an absolute loose cannon, and we're going to talk more about him, uh. is kind of, he's kind of the catalyst for all the drama in the movie. I mean, the other reason Ray Liotta is sort of likable and sort of sympathetic mm-hmm. is because he mostly plays by some sort of moral code. His actions are predictable and justifiable within the context. Um, Joe Pesci, on the other Uh, hand, is is completely unhinged. Derek, um, can you hook us up with a soundbite from him? And then we'll talk about uh, the Tommy character, Tommy DeVito. Uh, Maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Just, you know how you tell the story. What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. You motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. Yeah, stuttering prick yet. Frankie, was he shaking? That's so stressful. That wasn't in the original script, right? Yeah. Well, so the actual, like, how that scene is based on something that actually happened to Joe Pesci, which is cool. 
so he was working in a restaurant and then the, and then apparently he told a mobster that he was funny and the compliment wasn't met very well. <laughs> so then he told it to Mr. Scorsese and he decided to include it in the film and only Ray Liotta and Pesci knew about it and no one else did. So that was all their reactions. Like, Oh fuck. Like something's about to happen. And then they're like, Oh, it's part of the script. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. That dead silence. You can feel good... uncomfortable. It is. It's oh, like, yeah. That oof. dead silence. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of improvisation going on in the movie. That's how the um, fuck count ballooned from what, Ashley, 70 to, to like how many? Oh, no, 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 wait. Uh, over at, well, you looked at it probably. Derek, do you have a guess? What? On the fuck count? Uh-huh. I looked at it, yeah. Yeah, I figured you did. I'm going to say 70. 321. <laughs> close, oh, close. Okay. Well, so 70 was the how many were in the script. Mm. Oh, okay. And then through, as you can hear in that scene, through just letting the actors riff, <laughs> they peppered in. A lot more fucks, um, you know. Just uh, 250. It's fine. Yeah, I was trying to do the math for uh, 0.5 more times. Um, than so more. many fucks <laughs> get in the script. So yeah. many. So the, what's so cool about that scene, and that's like a, a you know, four or five minute uh, exchange where it's building up, you know, I don't know how long, but it's building up to that moment where Ray Liotta finally like calls him out and, mm-hmm. and is like, you fucking with me? Um, but before that, all we know about um, this is this our intro to the Joe Pesci character, aside from that opening, aside from the, the murder. Car? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we do see I don't think we even see. Yeah, I guess we do see him stabbing the dude at the beginning. So we know he's, mm-hmm. he's crazy eventually. But the we don't know whether to trust like his take his character at face value. He's always he's always fucking with people. And so in this scene, Ray Liotta finally like figures it out and calls him out and then they laugh about it. But then a minute later, mm-hmm. he is smashing a bottle over the um, owner of the bar's head. Cause he asked him to pay his like 70 grand or seven grand uh, tab or whatever. Yeah. He's so, like, you're trying to embarrass me in front of all my friends. Yeah. He's and like, he's not fucking with him. And he, yeah, he's not <laughs> kidding um, around. I mean, he is except the way he fucks with people is to shoot them and, and uh, shoot them in the feet and then later shoot them in the gut and kill them. If they, if they make a joke at his expense. So, yeah. Or tell him to fuck yeah. off. Yeah. I'm dead. Um, well, let's spoil one of the biggest twists in the movie, Ashley, um, as we talk about Tommy's character arc. So we see him becoming increasingly, uh, unpredictable and kind of unreliable throughout the movie. You know, he's really the one who kills people unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. mean, not, I shouldn't say really like he just, he, everyone else, you know, uh, will kill people if it's, if it's required for a job, like De Niro's right. character is kind part of, of the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like cold and calculated about it. He's like, I've, I've, I've had to whack people. Um, don't, didn't think twice, but, Tommy will just, they'll just be playing poker. And if someone says something out of, out of line to him, he might, you know, shoot him in the foot and yeah. and laugh about it. So <laughs> did you see like where, since you hadn't seen this before, what did you think was going to come of his character? Like, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so what happens? Okay. So that brutal murder that we watched at the very beginning is the murder of it's like Benny bats. Betty, Benny Bat, two B's of some sort. I don't know the name. Billy Bats. Um, and he's a made man. So he's like untouchable, essentially. And so they have that interaction before he dies. They have an interaction at the bar. He's and, a made man in like a different family. Correct? Yeah, different family, but yeah. he's still a made man. So you can't yeah. touch him unless you're like given permission to buy the. It's like a whole thing you have to go through in order to like not whack him off. Um, whack him so, off, huh? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Well, okay kill him sorry <laughs> just drop uh, the off part off him good. yeah yeah or whack just him. whack yeah, him whack or him. off whack him so okay not, not anyway both. everyone <laughs> um and so joe pesci gets attitude with the guy before they kill him and then it ends up they kill him and he's a made man skip to the end that was a really per- terrible description that's okay skip to the end <laughs> of the movie and um he's about to be like made and joe pesci's like pumped about it and De Niro's just like, yeah, I'm like so excited for him. And they're all sitting at the diner and he gets a phone call and it's just like, oh, sorry, he didn't make it. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? They're like, oh, he, we couldn't stop. We couldn't help it. We couldn't stop. 
this from happening. Yeah. And they shot him in the head and he, because he killed that guy years ago. They don't yeah. forget. So Polly is like the head of the family that uh, De Niro and, and Leota and uh, Pesci work for, right? Polly's mm-hmm. his name. And yep. so he like tries his best to get them in line, um, you know, or to have them help Tommy get in line. But yeah, I mean, it it, it was sort of telegraphed, but it's still shocking kind of the way it, it plays out where Leota is narrating like, like he is through most of the movie, like mm-hmm. how he's never seen De Niro's character this excited. And basically they're a trio. So Tommy, um, Tommy De Niro and, and uh, um, Henry's characters are like that they're a tight knit group. And, but mm-hmm. two of them can't be made, like we said. So if um, once Tommy gets made, they're like, they're as good as made. They're untouchable yep. as well, basically, because mm-hmm. um, he's going to have their back. But um, so, I mean, but that's not why De Niro is so heartbroken. I mean, he's just like it's his, it's his best friend. And like that's when they realize kind of now they are completely uh, touchable, you know, yeah, touchable, <laughs> whack offable. Um, and like they also kind of lose the uh, illusion that if they would kill Tommy, obviously they would kill them, but it just like, you know, they, they, it escalates kind of the evilness of mm-hmm. what they're all a part of. I mean, like in the, the, the loyalty is, ends with the fact of if you're interfering with the, the ultimate objectives of the family, if you're a distraction, if you're a potential, you know, like Tommy would have never, there was no reason to believe he would have like ratted them out or you right. know betrayed them. He was just kind of like constantly fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> and that wouldn't be tolerated. Um, what did you think about like um, the scenes where uh, Leota goes to jail and they have like their own, their own society in jail as well. That was unexpected. That was really cool. They could yeah. basically go whatever they wanted. I mean, to an extent, it's just like they're having like lobsters delivered and like bread and wine. They're they just their own doing apartment. the They had their own place. Yeah. They weren't even in the prison. I was like, wait a second. Like I was wondering, like, if you were to read the book that this is like based off of, if like that was true. Like I'm sure they had connections to an extent within the jail. Yeah. I mean, they were basically um they have like a cooking montage where they, <laughs> they show how <laughs> they prepare their dinners were really important when we were locked up. And then they like show them all like uh thinly slicing the garlic and somebody's mm-hmm. responsible for the sauce. And yeah. Um, so did you like, I think we were just, they were just at a time where they accumulated so many connections and power and they were going outside of the law. And t- I mean, they were willing to, to <laughs> break laws to accumulate their power. Did you find, I mean, this is based on real events, but like, did you uh, did you find it kind of like believable how connected they were and how much they were running like the activities of the city? They've got the police. They've got everybody yeah. like in their pocket. Yeah, basically money paid for anything. Yeah. So I thought it was really believable. Like when they like hijacked that truck, then brought it back and were selling it to everyone. And the cops show up. And they're like, here, take some cigarettes. Let me put some money in here. And they're like, OK, see ya. Like, I feel like that's pretty believable in yeah. that neighborhood, too. I think they could do whatever they wanted. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost I'm, I'm kind of struggling for the right word because believable is um, is objective in the sense that mm-hmm. if we have um, documented accounts <laughs> of this <laughs> happening, it, it, it did happen um, and their power was like, well, well documented over time. But just the way it's portrayed in the movie. Yeah, it's it's again, it all comes back to the intoxicating, uh, exciting lifestyle. And if you're willing to work outside of the system, you can own the system. Mm-hmm. Um, did, have you ever seen the movie blow yeah a long time ago i don't really remember yeah. it very well heavily 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 inspired by this but also based on a real uh life character george young who kind of like popularized the cocaine trade in uh in north america and so like the drug montage so basically at some point leota branches after he gets out of jail right 
mm-hmm. and partially maybe like while he's in jail, he makes connections to a cocaine dealer and becomes like starts doing his own thing with and hides it from Polly. Yeah. And Polly's so. like, if there's anything like, don't do it and don't connect with these two guys. He's like, okay, I won't. And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's oh. gonna, I mean, it's a tragedy. The whole movie, like you, you can see some of these, you know, things are going to end poorly. Um, mm-hmm. but you go along for the ride. Like, <laughs> I mean, what did you, what did you think about all the relationships? I mean, that he formed with women and other like people that weren't directly how, uh, like how was everyone portrayed in the movie that wasn't a gangster, you know, <laughs> namely women. Uh, poorly, poorly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have the wife who like knows that he's cheating on him. She has the two kids. Um, he becomes addicted to Coke. He has his own girlfriend that lives across the street and like this really nice apartment. Then he gets out of jail. Like that goes away. He gets out of jail. He's like, it's only you. And then he starts like hooking up with, his ex-girlfriend's friend and doing lots of coke with her. It's just, it's just, yeah. All women are like displayed very poorly. Yeah. And even like the scene where they have all like the mob bosses' wives in the room and they're, she's like looking at them like, they just complain about their kids all day. They have terrible skin. They have terrible teeth. They're ugly. And like this whole like thing, like all women are just, and there's like close-ups on their faces and just like very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it, even though we're in 1990 and, um, the audience was eating this shit up. I, there hasn't been a ton of backlash, like in the social political sense towards Scorsese's movies, more just kind of like, okay, dude, you keep focusing on the same type of, of characters over and over, at least when mm-hmm. he makes gangster movies. Um, I don't know. How do you think this movie, do you think this movie holds up to a modern lens or is it too problematic to be like entertaining? Like, would it be the best movie <laughs> of 2021 if it came out now? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if it'd be the best movie, but it's a gangster movie. You can't really expect it to be like the women being portrayed as like these like beautiful, like well-educated, like it's just, you can't expect that to happen. Like yeah. they're in like a poor neighborhood. They end up having a lot of money and they marry wives that kind of put up with like really shitty things. So I don't yeah. think it'd be portrayed in like a lens of like, oh, like I can't believe these women aren't getting like, jobs or they're dealing with their husbands that are cheating and doing cocaine like i don't think that'd be i think you could release it in 2021 without yeah. getting to well and it's just not like um again like the, the the dance that the movie is walking is glamorizing this lifestyle making it look cool mm-hmm. but pretty quickly on i mean like as soon as he becomes an adult um, and people start getting, getting killed left and right. You yeah. start to realize like, this isn't going to end well. This is mm-hmm. not a, um, same with blow. Like, you know, he's going to fuck up all his familial relations. He's going to keep promising his daughter that he'll be there for this uh-huh. thing and that thing. And and he's going to try to do one more, uh, uh, drug sale and end up in jail and miss her birthday or whatever. So, um, so yeah, were there any other scenes or things you wanted to point out about this movie? I mean, you talked about the the one shot of him walking around the restaurant. I liked it when they got married, that whole scene, and she's walking around the wedding and he's like introducing her to everyone. It's like, this is Polly, his son's Mikey. This is Mikey. It's, it's all like two or th- two to four different names for like 50 to 60 people. I like love that scene. Yeah, it was, it was great. It's really entertaining. Yeah. Two times. Then he like, cause he repeats everything two times and yeah. Yep. And they're <laughs> introducing all the different characters. Like I just love seeing everyone's personality, even if it's for like a second of each different part of each different mobster. Did you come up with a gangster name for yourself? So, um, <laughs> oh, sounds like you did. <laughs> I, I get, well, I was going to say my name. I mean, you don't get to all... be a gangster cause you're a woman, but let's, let's right, just right, pretend but bend the rules. I can be yeah. in a girl gang. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to girl fellas. Up. Yeah girl oh wait no that's not the right good, lady. like, good, good ladies good gals good gals yeah um so i'm gonna be my nickname because everyone's like polly mikey da, da. so i'll be ashy like ashy okay and then, then my like thing would be like ashy needs lotion but uses blood so kind of like a psycho jesus okay <laughs> yeah that'll be mine don't fuck with ashy yeah don't fuck with me um, one before we uh, move to Ashley's poetry corner, uh, um, if you would allow, the one scene that we 
that I wanted to talk about is kind of when they've just killed um, that dude. You were what was his name? Benny Bats. Benny Bats. So Benny. they've killed him. They are going to going to go bury his body somewhere, but they have to stop and pick up a shovel from um, Tommy's mom's house. And so we get into they they show up at like three or four in the morning, trying not to wake her up. Oh. And she's right, like right there in the kitchen when they when they come in, and just so excited to see her baby boy, and wants him to stay for dinner. And at three a.m., she's yeah. so wonderful. <laughs> and it's Scorsese's mom um, in that scene, and they improvise most of the dialogue. And it's just, it's a very, it's one of the most humanizing mm-hmm. parts of the movie. But it's so brilliant because, like, there's a few cutaways, like Ray Liotta's character isn't like uh, having a fun time having having spaghetti like uh pesci and de niro are he's being really quiet and there's a few cutaways to like the window where you can see the the trunk of the car and you know there's a dead body in there and it's rotting and they're just like you know commiserating over over pasta and breadsticks so yeah she's like you're not eating too much are you yeah i'm just not that she's like you're pretty quiet (laughs) yeah she is so good i mean i didn't mm -hmm. know that when i was when i was watching it this last time I don't know if I had ever heard that, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's really cool. And he just, he gave, he said he gave her like one line and he, they knew they were going to show the painting. They showed that he, oh, yeah. she has this painting of like, um, a dude with gray hair who was maybe like her late husband or something. And these two dogs in a rowboat, I think it's so cute. Yeah. And the dogs are facing different directions and they're clearly like improvising the the commentary on it and and he was like oh, i like this one they're facing in two different directions and it's a real and it's a painting by one of the um i don't know if it's director's mom but someone's mom in the set it's like they painted it okay not and then they're yeah which is really cute cool well derek anything else to add before we uh go to the poetry shop no let's go to the shop okay poetry. well we're gonna um we're gonna give our final verdict on this movie um in a little bit, but for now, Ashley, take us to the poetry alley. All right, it's it's quite the poem, just like it was quite the movie. So. Oh wait, wait, wait! <laughs> I always try to set this up with like a reference oh. from the movie. So I'm De Niro, okay. and you're walking down the sidewalk, <laughs> and we're looking for the poetry shop, and I'm like, oh. It's just, it's right up there. It's just past, it's just oh, past no. that oh, dumpster. No, no. It's just past that dumpster. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. No. Peel out, peel take out. A, take a right at that dark, <laughs> that dark industrial zone um, where the people are doing construction behind. Yeah, just keep some, going. Yeah. Yeah. Right in there. Right in there. So yeah. No, no, no. Take it away. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Fuck. Where should I even begin? <laughs> Good start. With, with great acting, all of the cursing and violence, it's a win. Let's talk about how this is based off a true story and all of its bloody gangster glory. Henry Hill grew up across the street from the mobsters in town looking to get an in. He started running errands all around. I get it. The saddest, the money, the ladies, nothing is off limits, but you have to be ready to kill within a few minutes. Henry starts to embed himself with this, this new family to no one's surprise. Polly, Jimmy, and Tommy are his go-to guys. Polly, the original boss moves slowly, but you will always wait. We'll treat you and your family like royalty until you cross them. Then you're fish bait. Jimmy loves the thrill of a kill because he views it as a job. He'll also hijack your truck, sell your goods to everyone, pay off the cops and go back to the mob. Tommy is a wild card and you can never, and you never know what mood you're going to get. How am I funny? Could mean nothing or that you might get shot and you're a piece of shit. Anyway, <laughs> Henry and the guys end up going to jail where they get basically anything they want with the federal system being a huge fail. They're released and go back to living a normal life. Henry becomes addicted to Coke and fucking around on his wife. A lot more things happen, but it's hard to list them all. There's a lot of murders, double crossing, but unfortunately no montage in them all. Mm. Polly is going to become, which would have been funny if that happened. Yeah. Um, Polly is going to become a made man, which is like, which is like winning a purple heart in, in mob terms, but he's shot in the back of the head and instantly dies. I can confirm. See Polly murdered Billy bats, a made man years ago. And the higher ups found out and decided he couldn't go pro gangsters <laughs> will always protect their family. And once you're made, don't forget you're untouchable. And that shit is legit. So to the Coca Cabana, here we go to drink, be merry, and murder. Let's watch the show. Wow, you have <laughs> outdone yourself. That was um, proportionally in length with the film. That's what and I was trying to do. <laughs> epic, ep- um, 
great voiceover, great narration, and perfect summary. Um, Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up our initial discussion, and we are going to move on to our favorite segment on something we like to call New Release Radio Rank the Blank. Pew pew. Before we start this, I'd like you to do that same intro, but with a, your best mobster impression. So <laughs> that concludes our initial discussion of Goodfellas. Stay tuned when we give our final verdict. But for now, we're going to move on to our favorite part, something we call new release radio. <laughs> rank the blank. Pew pew. <laughs> 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 I'm very tempted to stay in that voice, but uh, I'll, I'll uh, that was pretty you. good. That was yeah, pretty good. Surprise myself. Um, Rank the Blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic, I'm really excited for this one. It is favorite Scorsese film. Now, before we um, give our answers and run through a little bit of his filmography, I thought this would be, we don't usually do things that are like best movie that Van Damme was in, best, you know, action movie. But Scorsese has had, well, such an impressive career, but he's had a really eclectic career. He's, you know, known, you could categorize his movies into a bunch of buckets and gangster films maybe being the ones that he's most known for. But he's made like, a lot of different types of movies. And I think it's, this will almost be a Rorschach test or a litmus test for each of us. to like, which type of Scorsese movie uh, we gravitate towards. So I thought we would go with something more uh, straightforward this week, just because he's had such a, (laughs) such a all over the map career. Ashley, can you fill us in on some of the the highlights or just random stuff in his filmography? Sure. Some randoms. Um, Taxi Driver. Yep. Which I kind of forgot about until right now. So shit. Um, mean <laughs> Streets, Raging Bull, King of Comedy, um, Shutter Island. There's just a five billion movies. It just keeps going. Yeah. I mean, things like Hugo. I mean, The oh, Aviator, yeah. Gangs of New York. I mean, he Last Temptation of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, was that Will just, Bethel? Yes. Okay. Um, in King of New York, or wait, that's um, Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's King of Comedy, anyway. Raging Bull, you said that Casino, um, another like top mm-hmm. five mobster movie of all time. Most recently, of course, The Irishman on Netflix. So, yeah, it's just he has kind of done it all. Um, a lot of his movies focus on male heroes, male, male centric storylines. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's kind of, um, kind of cast a really wide net. Uh, Ashley, anything else to say? Any, um, Instagram nominees to mention, or do you want to withhold those? Withhold it. Okay, cool. So as always, our first nominee for the final round of Rank the Blank is Goodfellas, the movie that we are discussing today. So, <laughs> I mean, just on a pure name value, if you ask, like, we've done this kind of test before. If you ask a bunch of people on the street, you know, what is your favorite Scorsese movie or what's the first movie that comes to mind? This is certainly, or if you read, the Wikipedia entry, like you were just doing and <laughs> the five <laughs> movies that they list that are among the best, the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Goodfellas is always going to be, or better yet, you're playing family feud and it's <laughs> of a hundred, a <laughs> hundred respondents. Um, 97. Is, yeah. A hundred respondents for the topic Scorsese movies. Goodfellas is certainly going to be one, two or three. Mm-hmm. So Ashley, We've got Goodfellas. What is your choice? I'm going to go with the Jack Nicholson, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Departed. Yes. Which um, I haven't seen in a long time, but even rewatching clips, I was like, damn, this is intense. <laughs> I kind of 
I mean, I remember seeing it and being like, oh, this movie is really good, but I haven't watched it since. I watched it one time and I was like, oof. And so even reliving the clips, I was like, this is a very good movie. It's almost peak Scorsese in a sense of like, if you love his um, filmmaking style, the mm-hmm. mute, the the soundtrack, it's got like Dropkick Murphys and like a really aggressive yep. um, score. Um, well, not score, a really aggressive like uh, overlay of music in the movie. The editing is as frenetic and and kind of as as quick, fast paced as anything. The the kind of it's not a gangster movie, but it's a crime. Well, there are gangsters and it's a crime kind of like um, detective story. So, I mean, it's it's peak Scorsese in a lot of ways. Um, I hadn't seen it until, I don't know, sometime within the last five years or so, because I saw it here in uh, Portland, um, there in Portland where I summer and <laughs> where I summer. it's um, it's certainly it was a movie like I just know that was like my goodfellas in the sense like i don't know why how i hadn't hadn't seen it up to this point but i was i was pretty blown away and it's got um yeah just a crazy cast awesome performances and the twisty plot so good choice uh for me i am going to go with the wolf of wall street i might have picked this for other things in the past i'm not sure um, cause rewatching all the clips and I watched this movie. The reason I picked this over the other ones is I, everything that's great about kind of like the origin story, the, like seeing someone go from rags to riches or from nothing to King of the world, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, inevitably will crash down and have a reckoning. I enjoy the, the, like the world that's being, um, exposed in Wolf of Wall Street, the finance industry, the kind of the shenanigans that are on display at his um, investment firm. I just kind of enjoy spending time from a satirical standpoint in that world more than, um, say, Goodfellas, which I just wouldn't rewatch as much as Wolf of Wall Street. I also, you know, you mentioned Leo for The Departed. Leo Mm -hmm. is the star of the Wolf of Wall Street as well. One thing we didn't really hit on in Goodfellas is how he liked Ray Liotta as a performer. He's no Leo, so we don't even need to. Yeah, he's definitely not a Leo. Yeah, and it's and it's you know he's he's up against De Niro and Pesci's strong performances. He's, he's meant to kind of be a straight guy mm-hmm. in Goodfellas, so it's not even that showy of a performance. Almost the same in Departed. You know, anytime you're acting alongside Jack Nicholson. Um, yeah, you're probably going to be the one that's understated, but in Wolf of Wall Street, Leo is going full tilt for <laughs> the majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from a few like uh, scenes, scene stealing performances by Jonah Hill and Matthew McConaughey, yeah. but Leo is um, is doing his thing, and it's just an insanely entertaining movie. So that's my choice, Derek. Good pick. Good pick. What about you? I have chosen Shutter Island. I s- I've seen it. I don't remember what it's about. I know it's kind of a psychological brain fuck. Yep. But, mm-hmm. So if you want to add to it, go for it. It's, yeah, you guys took the good ones that I, I definitely remembered. No, Shutter <laughs> Island would have actually been near to the top of or near the top of my list because again, like just genre wise, it's a psychological thriller with elements of horror, <laughs> um, which is a nice departure. Uh, for (laughs) for Scorsese Um, and he's a master at crafting like this kind of uh, ice tightening story as well and you don't know like again okay so we're three for three on Leonardo DiCaprio yeah it's all Leo movies (laughs) we could have just ranked we could have had a subcategory of that Um, (laughs) this one is the most kind of like um mystery plot driven Mm -hmm. or you know like it's 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 definitely a different tone than his other movies and one that again like i wouldn't re-watch this movie uh every time it was on like wolf of wall street but every time i've watched it a handful of times and you for it is easy to forget kind of all the twists and turns and just get caught up in the atmosphere and kind of how like disturbing the 
the whole setting of the movie is. So, and you know what you're supposed it's it's just a disorienting movie. Um, and, and I never saw it, but I read really? the book because I the book was well the book was so good that I was worried that if I saw the movie it would make me not like the book as much. But apparently that's not the case. So all of these also are adaptations. So The Departed is an adaptation of a different movie. Goodfellas book adaptation, Shutter Island um, book adaptation, and Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know if there had already been a book on Jordan Belfort or not at this point, but um, anyway, yeah, a lot of his material does come from real uh, life inspiration or, you know, kind of like adapting other stuff, which is interesting. Whew, this is going to be tough, Ashley. Um, starting with Goodfellas, where do we think these stack up? Where do we think Goodfellas stacks up? I think it's near the top, but it's not my number one how what's your method what's your mindset on ranking these like is it what you prefer in a movie are you trying to be objective like what's just the best like i'm trying to be objective but also entertainment value yeah like what i would want to in my mind what i'd like to watch again so goodfellas wonderful movie really enjoyed it don't need to watch it again probably just in my like eh. um and the departed i really i want to watch again Shutter mm-hmm. Island, I've never seen, but I would watch it. Yeah. So, but Wolf of Wall Street um, is the movie I would have picked for this rank the blank. So, if, if you hadn't already picked it, that's what I would have yeah. chosen. <laughs> so, like for me, Wolf of Wall Street's number one. It's, I mean, it's a it's a very very dark comedy, but mm-hmm. and it's it's very um, again like you are enjoying the ride with leo he's making a ton of money he's doing um um all sorts of of cocktails and medleys of drugs he's hooking up with margot robbie um mm-hmm. he's driving a lamborghini there's that like uh, scene or ferrari whatever early in the movie where like you're hearing signature uh scorsese voiceover or you know <laughs> scorsese written voiceover and then um the car like leo's like actually no i want it to be white and the, the car like changes colors. Mm-hmm. It's just like a cr- really creative, like camera trick. Um, you know, not like special effects, just like something you, I hadn't seen in a movie before. So yeah, it's just a fun movie to watch. And also deeply, deeply critical of the finance world. And it's not like, it's not like it's without morality. Like mm-hmm. it's the characters are without morality, but the film definitely has something to say about it so i mean obviously we're in agreement derek are you gonna fight for i am curious derek like of these movies what would your personal number one be uh wolf of wall street number one for sure okay. <laughs> well, i don't know yeah. if we've ever had a unanimous decision we before. have it it's usually just like let's let's battle it out but we're like no wolf wall street so it'd be so for me it'd be wolf of wall street then goodfellas then the departed then shutter island yeah i totally am down with that Wow. Okay. Hmm. Well, All right. what do I win? You get to play your clip. Money doesn't just buy you a better life, better food, better cars, better pussy. It also makes you a better person. You can give generously to the church or political party of your choice. You can save the fucking spotted owl with money. Yeah, so I always... That right there is just oozing with sarcasm. Like, I mean, it, but it's played so straight. And if you see the, the, the visuals to correspond with the voiceover, it's him like walking out in slow motion to a crowded room of everyone cheering for him. And it's just like portrayed in the most epic fashion. But what he's saying is patently absurd and, and sarcastic. Like, yeah. So, um, now we are going to go back to our feature presentation to give our final thoughts on Goodfellas. Ashley, what have the reviews been like upon the debut of this Martin Scorsese movie? Well, it's a Marty film, so everyone fucking loves it. (laughs) Yeah. Just since it's really well received, um, it wins like all the awards or is nominated for the majority of the awards. It wins 
an Academy Award for Best Actor, Joe Pesci, um, a million BAFTA awards for pretty much everything from screenplay to costume design to direction to editing to film. Um, wins Best Picture for 2020. It just keeps going. The list goes on and on and on. Did it win Best Picture? Uh, for the 2020 awards, which don't happen. I don't know if they... Yeah, it's a different type of Not award. the Academy Awards? No, Academy had only won Best Actor in a Supporting Role. It was up for like five or six other Academy Awards, but did not win them, which I was and, kind of surprised by. And what about the critics? What are they saying? Yeah, yeah. So Roger or Siskel and Ebert, because <laughs> that used to happen, um, named this as their favorite movie of 1990. So to set yeah. the tone. Um, but some of the critics were saying, Goodfellas is such a quintessentially American story that's appeal would likely can continue to bridge across ages and experiences, which is, I think, very true. Um, it's an epic. It's epic. It's powerful. It's funny. It's tough. It's rough. And by God, is it cool? Which I really like that one. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of commas, but yeah, it's Good. it's it's Good um, yeah. So critics loved it. Viewers loved it. We loved it. Um, on that note, would you consider it? A new release or old news? Before that, should we do box office? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. How to do terribly, I'm sure. <laughs> it was the number one movie in mm -hmm. America, um, making $6.3 edging out the number one movie from last week, Postcards from the Edge. So that movie uh -oh. is um, having surprisingly good uh success at the box office and ghost of course our old friends is still there. still still there at number three but wow. yeah we'll see in the coming weeks um how this holds up but it is the number one movie but it wasn't like a huge that's not a huge number to open with so um we'll see if it keeps like you know if it maintains or even builds on that in the coming weeks but but yeah let's give our let's give our recommendations so Derek, is this a new release fresh off, fresh off the press or is it old news and meh? It is <laughs> a new release and fresh off the press. Woo -woo. Drew? New release for sure. Um, and for y'all, I mean, it was as good as a new release because... Yeah, actual new, new release yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. We recommend it highly. Um, so on a scale of one to 90... How 90s is Goodfellas set in the 50s and finishing in 1980? <laughs> yeah. Um, does it start in the 50s? Is that what? It's how... 55. I think it goes like 55, 70. It's like up by, it's every like seven or eight years is each time. Yeah. I might have been, well, whatever. Because um, at one, I mean, because Leota's character starts like as a teenager and it only, the majority or the a long segment of the movie, he's supposed to be 21 years old. <laughs> and he looks way 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 older than that i mean you know they didn't have the the technology that they used in the irishman <laughs> at this point mm -hmm. but i i did find it funny when he was like oh yeah i'm, I'm i've got all this at 21 and I'm like oh shit that's the age he's supposed to be yeah <laughs> so um regardless you're none of it is set in 1990 um it's all set decades earlier for the most part so mm -hmm. so it has that it one of the biggest movies of the year and one of the most influential movies of the 90s and uh, going forward in general the actors were all big um personalities in the 90s kind of as some of them as character actors more than like mainstream movie stars so i don't know this is a really tough one yeah i'm not really sure i mean right now we have pretty woman teenage mutant turtles i don't remember the other Couple we have the top. Didn't we just break the top with another one recently? Yeah, didn't we? we yeah, close with um, bird on a wire. No, no, I think I um I have to update the the list because I don't have the 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 top three. But but um, pretty well, women and teenage mutant ninja turtles are still up there. So you're competing with watch? that. Oh, pump um, up the volume. Crack the, oh, the top yeah. three. Yeah. Yep. And house party. So those are your top four. So yeah. it's not beating those or coming close to them. No. Um, I mean, it's, this is, this is a classic case of needing to make the disclaimer. This is not like the, an indication of what movie was the best. 
mm-hmm. I, I still think it's like it gets a you know in the 60s or 70s because of the things that that, that we mentioned yeah but it it's kind of the ceiling is capped because it's not set in the 90s <laughs> what if we give it a 71 like twin peaks because you like david lynch <laughs> yeah those are both kind of like those are they're they're similar in in uh stylized versions of like mm-hmm. something that feels modern but and like is influential on the time period without being you know actually set in the time period <laughs> yeah. Derek are you uh, good with that 71 yeah I'm good with that okay all right so 71 for goodfellas and then one of my favorite parts is the gift shop so new release gift shop uh we pick something from the movie and then we sell it for buku bucks um, so, so far we have a lot of random shit. Um, we have a hoverboard, which is back on the market. Just let you guys know if you're interested. Um, there's a jar of tears still available. <laughs> that just one's one, not just one jar of tears, just one jar yeah. because no one's really buying it. So anyone want to buy that? And then, uh, let's see, we have some face masks with our faces on them. And I'm not going to say I'm still winning because Drew's put upon himself to just send out random ones. So I don't know who's winning. Probably. Yeah. I, I, the original plan was to send out random ones. And then I decided to just send out my face and Derek's face, you know, mostly my face, but occasionally Derek's. So So now I'm losing no more. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. So any ideas of what we should take from this movie? Um, that's a good question. What you're, you're usually the product marketing genius. So what, what are your thoughts? I think we should do, my thought is we should do lick sticks or whatever those are called. Cause they did a lot of cocaine in the movie and those look like cocaine, but still having, instead of uh, having fun this, dips or dip. Yeah. But they're like fun dips, but I think it, they call them lick sticks too, or something. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. but yeah, basically fun dip, but the dip is like a white powder. And then the stick is like a candy, like gun shape. And when you dip it in the powder and it's wet, it turns red, like blood. <laughs> You're on a real blood kick this week. <laughs> wow. Okay. <clears throat> it'll be delicious. It'll be fun for the whole family. And it'll remind you of the movie. I mean, yeah, if we say no, Ashy, well, um, I'm going to use blood lotion <laughs> and I'm not going to make the, the other joke. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, you, I don't know exactly how to describe that, but, um, look for it on virtual shelves, you know, however, look for it on our real shelves in 1990, but we'll figure out how to calculate shipping to the present day. If you want to get your dippable blood guns, <laughs> we'll call it gangster sugar. Oh, gangster sugar. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a youth. <laughs> gangster for sugar pops. Gangster <laughs> yeah. sugar pops. You eat them and then you can't stop. Oh, and the pops refers to the, the gun. That's yeah. Good. Gangster sugar pops. Done. All right. Added to the inventory. Perfect. It's going to be hot on the presses next week. Let's get it going. Um. So speaking of next week, what are we watching? Yeah. Um. So... I've been weirdly looking forward to this movie for, for years, um, but haven't watched it. It's just a movie like that randomly comes up on um, movie discussions and other uh, movie podcasts that I listen to. And it stars Michael Keaton and Melanie Griffin. And it is the formula where you like, I don't even know who is who in the story. But there's it involves a rental property, I think, in San Francisco that's too good to be true. So they get okay. like a great deal in an apartment or was it haunted? Landlord. It's something. It's it's a thriller, maybe not a horror movie, but let's um let's listen to the coming attraction and see if we can figure out anything more. Okay. If he's going to get caught, we'll catch him. He destroyed our property. If he's in, he's got rights. What are you doing, Trent? He shot my boyfriend. And you're telling me to forget about him? What are you doing? Something's going to make us feel really good. It could happen to anyone. It could happen to you. Mr. Hay, is that you? What am I going to do with you, Pat? Pacific Heights, rated R. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. That didn't really tell me anything. Nope. No, 
all the more <laughs> all the more reason to be excited for Pacific Heights next week. Um, yeah, it sounds from that like it's going to be a throwback thriller. I mean, it won't be a throwback because we're in 1990. But if you're not, it's a type of thriller that has kind of like a unusual plot is an excuse to just kind of like turn the screws to these <laughs> these people and see them suffer so Perfect. we love that yeah y'all excited i think so yeah Yay. sure <laughs> yeah um i mean that might be our uh one of our last movies of the fall season um or like of the end of summer slash transitioning into horror season horror season so yeah after that episode we might do something special to kind of look forward to the next upcoming season but for now, um, if that sounds like something you're into, you can follow us on Instagram at New Release Podcast, and you can subscribe by searching New Release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you subscribe to a podcast. Ashley? That's a pop pop. <laughs> That's a crap. Oh. Young boy. Nice. Child. <laughs> Cry baby. The greatest man alive. But now I'm a man. Way past 21. I want you to leave me, baby.